Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Marv's World Podcast, a podcast where we speak to tantalizing, adventurous, and amazing people. If you like it, share it with your friends, or us review on iTunes or Amazon. Today's guest is someone you're going to absolutely find fascinating. We have Jana Usher. She is an incredible lady who's going to talk about her journey into hospitality. And we're going to learn a lot about how to create a fantastic environment and high quality service in whatever field you're in for customers and your fellow colleagues and create an experience that is remarkable and fantastic. are just crazy here you in LA yes I'm in LA mm -hmm. oh, okay that's awesome I, I, I got uh, which which part of LA you, you in along Long Beach oh okay um uh -huh. my my cousins live in um near Netflix tower near the Hollywood walk thing oh okay yeah a girlfriend of mine lives very close to there too but that part of town is really not my cup of tea it's just so busy and loud and sirens going on all the time and it is really not my cup of tea at all like i like more the suburb area you know the walkable and the biking and the relaxing and oh is, isn't long beach near the near the big isn't where there's the big sort of race gangs or something with the asians the mexicans and the blacks i think i think it used to be like that a little bit back in the days you know with the you mean with the cribs and the bloods and the whole and the that with the red and the blue and all of that stuff well yeah that, that sort of thing because i hear about that yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it used to be like that but it's it's i mean i'm pretty sure there's still like gang affiliated people here and drugs i'm pretty sure but it's it's nothing like it used to be. It's it became very suburby and very cool for families and you know, because I mean Long Beach is so big, it's such a huge city that it really depends where in Long Beach you live. Like, you know, you can be in a really beautiful part of Long Beach and then three blocks down you're like in hell. <laughs> you know? So oh, shit. Yeah. So I mean it really depends, you know, but um if you stay within your area, which most people really do, if you think about it logically, like you live in one street and then you are, you know, your, your whole thing is maybe within the next 10 miles or so. And then you don't really leave that area because for what you have everything there, you have your gym, you have your grocery store, you have your work, you have your this. So you don't really need to get out of that in a sense, you know? Okay. And, um, Okay, that's interesting. Ooh. And how long not that you, been... you not that you don't go anywhere else, but there's really no need. You know, if you are in your everyday day thing, what what's the point of going anywhere else? You know, you have everything around you you need, and then you don't really need to go five blocks east or south where it's dangerous. Because you know, and then that that dangerousness doesn't come your way either. Like everybody kind of stays in their own little corners, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. So, okay. So you're, you're a gangster, basically. You're saying, right, no one can come <laughs> into your hood. Is that, is that what it is? 
<laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> You're funny. No, 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 no. Just, just, I'm just saying, you know, there's, there's obviously sure? good parts and bad parts. But where are you? Aren't you in London? Okay. Or where? Hello? Hello? Boom. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can't hear you now. The sound's good. You on. cannot? Oh. Okay. Hello? Can you? Boom. Hello? Boom. Okay, I'll take that out. Hello? 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 Okay, fine. I'll just do. <laughs> okay, no worries. Uh, what happened after <laughs> I said your part? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, like, no, I was asking you, aren't you in London or where are you? I'm in Wimbledon. Wimbledon, okay. But isn't it over there, too, that you have, like, really nice, really upscale and high-class parts, and then you have kind of, like, little not-so-nice parts of the city? Yeah, I think it's, like, with any big city, there's the good parts, and then there's right. the you avoid. Right. So that's what I mean. It's the same here, you know? That's exactly how it is here, too. There's good things, and then there's not so good things. And I mean, so you have an interesting name because, like, it's so Zana Usher. Is that right? Right. Well, it's actually Zana. So Zana Usher. Yeah. So the Z. <clears throat> so my name Zana comes from Serbia, and the Z in Serbia with an apostrophe, like with a little thing on top of it, kind of like a French little thing on top. The Z. Ah. Turns turns the Z into a Z. Oh, okay, that's that's cool. Right, and so it's oh. yeah, so so it's Jana. What about your surname? Well, Usher. That's um, huh? <laughs> do you get any sort of? I mean, when we're in America, do you get any references? Does anyone call you Usher or anything like that, or? No, no, not really. I mean, a lot of times I actually make the joke and I really say, you know, when they, when they don't know how to write Usher, then I'm saying, you know, like the singer, just a different bank account. And then everybody kind of gets it, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm, my surname is like the singer Usher. And then like, oh, okay, we know how to write that. <laughs> and I mean, the name We've had an interesting conversation already. It sounds like a crime report, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's an interesting name you have, like Jana yeah. Usher. I mean, I did a bit of research, and like your your dad was what a celebrity chef, like Gordon Ramsay, and your well, mother in hospitality as well. Right. So my dad, um, so he was not a celebrity chef like Gordon Ramsay, but he was very well known in the industry of hospitality or of chefs at that time in Berlin. So, you know, how you have like, when you go from one to one restaurant, it's, it's a very, very, very small scene. And then at one point, kind of everybody knows everybody. It's just like when you go to a very famous club and you go all the time to the club and there's always the same bouncer at one point you either become cool with the bouncer and then when you see the bouncer it's like oh yeah it's eric oh yeah come on in marvin no problem you know what i'm saying so it's kind of like that where people in the industry really knew who my dad was because he worked in a very famous restaurant as a chef and so that's kind of like where you know the well-known part comes from that he was kind of like really very well known within the industry of other chefs and other restaurants okay and with zd zd hospitality 
So it was sort of a amalgamation of your dad's cooking expertise and your mum's sort of expertise in making people feel like royalty that brought this all about, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, it really felt like just because I was born and raised into a hospitality family like that, um, that's really what made me feel like this is a path that I have to go because I was either in the evenings at the restaurants or I was in the mornings at the hotel with my mom. So, you know, it was either one or the other establishment. So that's why when I grew up, I knew that there was nothing else that I could or want to do because I was kind of born into that. You know, like it wasn't really like that. I was swaving and debating, should I become, you know, um, a flight attendant or should I become an artist or should I become this and that? It was kind of clear that it's going to be something in the hospitality industry. Okay, and so how, how is it a bit like, um, like, so how did you, what did that happen? Like they would, your parents would host events and you would be there or you just, how did that sort of inspire you? Um, no, they would not host events. They would, I mean, they would have their own careers and their own jobs, you know. So my mom, she used to be um, the leader of a really huge house, uh, housekeeping team in Berlin in a smaller hotel. And my dad used to be the chef at like that really, you know, famous restaurant or whatever. And they would just have their jobs. You know, they would go every day to their job. They would go about their career and they would have vacation. And in the vacation time, it was obviously we're doing our own thing as a family. But when it was working time, I went to school and they went to work. Right. So but it wasn't really anything where I saw my parents throw events or cater anything to other people or have a catering business but it was just like they, it's their job and I knew that that's their job and then yeah okay and what sort of when you went on this sort of journey what sort of lessons did your parents sort of provide you in this you know one of the biggest lessons that I remember by my dad always telling me is when I started off in the world of hospitality was that he always told me to never ever drink or consume alcohol on, on at my job because people um, you know when when you I mean when you would consume alcohol or something it could also be always a test from the owner yeah for instance he's offering you a drink just to test you if you would be maybe drinking at your job that would that could be maybe one thing why he always told me like don't never ever you know if somebody offers you a drink just don't do it don't don't drink and then of course the other thing is you don't want to drink at your job because you want to be fully alert of what's going on and so with that analogy i i learned how to turn when people did buy me drinks because i also used to work in very famous clubs and bars and when I would be a bartender, you know, or the leader of a bartender team, people would come to me and literally invite me for drinks, right? I mean, you know, I would sell people Magnum bottles of champagne and they would come to me and they would want to offer me a drink and, hey, just have a shot together and let's go. And I would take the shot. But what they didn't know is I would mix myself a virgin. You know, I, I would mix myself a shot with no alcohol 
and I would do their shots and with real alcohol and then we would drink shots but I would drink mine with nothing in it <laughs> because I didn't want it to insult them but then later what I would do I would go to my boss and I would say look like these people bought me five six seven eight shots and you know like a bottle of champagne as like saying thank you to me for a great evening and I gave all of that back and I converted that into tips for myself so instead of me consuming the alcohol I rather turned the alcohol that people offered to me or bought for me as thank you gifts. I rather converted that into tips for myself. So that was one lesson that my dad, you know, kind of like told me. And then he always also told me that, you know, um, don't say anything like don't, don't give your opinion or don't really put yourself in a situation where you take responsibility for anything or anyone around you in the job if you're not the leader you know if you're not the boss or if it's not your own team because if you're just a number if you're just somebody and you take up responsibility and you just know it all better and you constantly give your opinion it can get to a point where the person that gives the opinion feels very used because the opinions are going to get taken from you or stolen from you or whatever but you just never get a thank you for it does that make sense so he always told me like when you are your own boss that's when you can say what you really think or what you really want to change or how you really want to go about stuff in the industry but if you're just a worker you know if you're just an employee just keep to yourself just do your job just say yes and just keep on going because it won't bring you anywhere and that was really hard for me because I always like to share my knowledge and give my opinion because I always had great opinions, <laughs> you know, but people really didn't see it that way. People really saw it as, oh my God, she comes in here, she's only two weeks here at the job and now she already is telling us how to do and what is missing and how we should go about it and who is she really to do this. So I would have a lot of I would have a lot of friction like that going on at one point, you know? And so that's, I think, what my dad was trying to tell me back in the days is, is like, until you're not your own boss, just really keep on going, doing your job. And when you are your boss one day, you can say and do however you please. That is, I mean, that is an amazing piece of advice there. Right. Yeah, I, I wish I would have, um, I wish I would have seen it as that for a big chunk of my early 20s too because i didn't <laughs> you know like in your 20s you just know it all better and you just go about it your own way and i mean it it brought me some places but it also really stopped certain things from happening for me in my career you know so yes i mean that what you said there what's is that something that can sort of translate to whatever industry you're in i feel what you said there <laughs> right yeah because people don't like to feel threatened they, like if you they feel mm -hmm. threatened and people you know game of thrones is very fantasy and like you see all these tv programs about heroes being noble and people being this and that but people we're quite fickle and we're quite sensitive to sort of criticism or things that damage our appearance of ourselves or the world we're correct we're not always open to change or new ideas. Right. But then it also, I feel like that's very correct, just the base of it. I feel like that's, I, I completely agree with that. But then I also learned over the years of 
how to really bring across criticism too, because you can bring across negative criticism in a really positive way. And I feel like then people do respond much differently instead of you're just barching in, you know, like an elephant in a porcelain store, you know, you're just barching in and here's my opinion and here's my idea. And yes, then people are very much like, uh, hello, excuse me, who are you? You just started working here. What is it? You know, <laughs> we've been doing this since so and so long here. And then you just come along and you see this and that and you want to change this and that. And that fundamentally really led me to knowing that I have to do my own thing. You know, I, I, I just really have to know, do my own thing because I have all these ideas and I feel like I have great knowledge and great experience and I, I need to be or I learned then that I had to be in a position where I'm able to execute that of me. And it could only be executed by me being my own person, by me being my own owner, by me being my own business head. In a and sense. Yeah, that's, yeah, that I've um, like often hear in a lot of articles that when you're criticizing, you're giving feedback, you, mm -hmm. you don't tell them they're wrong, but you say, you describe the situation from your point of view and why you, like, you say, oh, I don't know, if someone does a joke that doesn't work. You say, right. you say, um, you see when you did that joke there, um, what do you think the reaction was of the audience? Like, how did they um, respond? How did you right. feel? What did you see? And then you get them to see what happened. But if you just right. Them, like, wrong, like, that wasn't very good, that wasn't very funny. They get all stiffened up and they're like, how dare you say that? Right. Right. But sometimes it's very important also to just be keeping it real, you know, to just be very honest, um, especially when you when you work with staff. Right. I mean, the, the most important thing in my my opinion is to for the staff to understand that I'm here because I want to help them. Right. So I'm not here to take anybody's job. I'm not here to step on anybody's toes. I'm not here to break their work cycle i'm here to make it all better you know i'm here to improve i'm here to teach you or help you to see how you can improve in the things that you already know and you already are as a waiter on the floor or as a manager on the floor right and so when sometimes i come across owners that's most of the time my biggest challenge to be honest with you because they're the owners of that establishment and because they are making money or they are the big business head of the whole operation they think that they know it all <laughs> but sometimes they just don't because it's it's not only it's not only an accomplishment or a great success to pull pull out to be a restaurant or a hotel owner which is huge it's a huge accomplishment but it's also how you run your people you know like how do you how do you manage your staff? How do you go about treating your staff as the main operation head of your whole establishment? You know, if, if you're just somebody that once in a while swings by your restaurant or your hotel and you just want to get, get great service and you don't bother with the staff at all, then that doesn't really make a good impression, first of all, on you. And it surely doesn't make a great impact on your team because your team is only going to be as good as its leader. And if your leader is really somebody that, for instance, just really hangs in the back office 
or just peeks their head out once in a while, or if the team is really in a lunch or dinner rush and they don't come out and help the team out, then it's it's very difficult for the team to be like, oh yeah, you're a cool person. You know, I'm gonna respect you. I'm gonna do more, much more for you. You know, I'm going to be, go uh, beyond uh, my my whatever I need to do. I'm a, I'm gonna walk extra miles for you and your establishment because you're so good to me. No, people are going to do exactly the opposite. You know, people are going to be like, well, he never, or she, whoever she is, or him, never realized that my birthday was last month. Never said. Merry Christmas, never gave us a $10 Starbucks card from, you know, something or like an acknowledgement or something where people feel appreciated and acknowledged, right? And so if you don't feel that, um, especially from your, from your manager or from your owner, like it's, it's a different thing if a coworker tells you, man, you did a good job there at that table. That was fantastic. But it's such a different feeling if your manager on duty or your owner comes by and says, wow, that was amazing sales. Good for you. And he maybe hands you an extra $100 in tips because you did so well or something, you know. And that's a lot of times what people really don't see. They don't, they don't take that as serious anymore or, or just training their staff too, right? It's so imperative that we need to understand we have to train our people. Like if you want good service, you have to give them good knowledge. And if they don't have the knowledge, then how can they know themselves? It's not that those people don't want to do it. It's that they just some, simply sometimes they just don't know how to go about it, how to really open a really expensive wine bottle, how to really serve a very expensive champagne, how to really mark specific things at the table. When is the right time to put a steak knife down? When is the right time to put a fish knife down? When is the right time? From what side do you take out the plate? From what side do you present the plate? From, I mean, there's so many little details when it comes to elite guest service that if your leader doesn't teach the staff that, then who will? You know, And I feel like that's where really I made it my call to come in and help, help companies out. You know, like I'm, I'm here to help your company achieve fantastic, outstanding guest service. And I'm here to make everybody on your floor turn into a fantastic salesperson. Because if your staff is going to make more money for themselves in tips, they're going to make automatically more money for you as the owner. It's just a given. And so that's really what the whole key is. Everybody wants to make money. I want to make money. Everybody wants to make money. But really, if you choose a profession like being a waiter or a manager or a waitress or a hostess, you have to understand that you are in the eye of the public. And you can't just rub your nose or brush your hair or touch your hair or touch your face because it's all hygienic reasons, you see? And so you can't just chew gum. There's a specific way how to answer a phone. There's a specific way how to talk to a guest. It's not just, hey, guys, what's up? I mean, again, if, you, if we work in a sports bar, that's appropriate. But if we're working in a really nice, beautiful restaurant, it's not appropriate to say, hey, guys, what's up? It's more appropriate to say, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. Or, you know, good morning or good afternoon or something. Like a little bit more, you see? And those are the things that... I feel a lot of establishments are missing out on, you know, they have good people working in there and they have fantastic products, 
but a lot of people are just missing that fine-tuned yeah that fine-tuned guest service and it, it really you know it, it has nothing to do with you having to have a fine dining five-star restaurant to provide five-star guest service to your guests no it's all about who trains your staff I can provide five-star elite service in a mom-and-pop's pancake shop. It's about the attentiveness. It's about how you approach your guests. It's about your friendliness. It's about how you feel internally, what you're putting out there, your energy that you bring to work with. It's, you know, your mindset. Is your mindset on, oh, my God, i got to go to work again, and, oh, I don't really want to be here. Or is your mindset going to be, you know what, and maybe this is maybe not my dream job, but I have fantastic people around me. My guests are always super nice. I can even get a free pancake out of this for lunch today. Hey, let's just have a good day. You see, so it's a little bit always also the mindset that people bring and then the problems that they have in their own life. You see, so I feel like coaches and trainers, we are a little bit also psychologists and therapists and moms and dads and <laughs> you know the missing person in your life what's going on right now because you know when my mentors always told me whatever is going on in your life do not bring that to work do not ever bring that to work we don't care if your cat died we don't care if your boyfriend broke up we don't care about any of that when you step into this establishment you need to turn on your the show must go on attitude and I understand the philosophy. I don't really go by that, to be honest with you, because we are all people and we all going to have really bad days and really bad weeks and really bad months even where we need people to cheer us up, to be understanding and to be like, look, I know you're a good person. I know you're a fantastic waiter or waitress. I know you're a great manager, but I see that something is off in your private life. How about we go and have a glass of wine? and talk about it you see so it's a little bit you know it's a little bit of you want to show your team that you're there for them you want to show your team that they matter right and yeah I mean there, there's a fine line between <clears throat> making your team understand that when we work we work right we can talk about your problem. We can go oh, and, you know, maybe have a glass of champagne or glass of wine after the shift. But right now we need to, we need to take care of business. But then when business is over, just come back to that. Don't, don't forget, you know, just remember, oh, you know, Casey or Julie or Peter or whoever seemed very down prior to service. I'm going to go and check on them right now. You know? I mean, look, there is so much to unpack there. And it's, it's amazing what you said there. Because like working in comedy and, and, you know, being into so many restaurants and different places, there's so many places that don't do any at all of what you suggested. And it's all about the money. And basically people, the, the mm -hmm. staff and the customers are treated like cattle. Right. Right. And I think, um, you know, and I think it's, it's not only in the world of comedy, but it's in the world of any, any business. Yes, in everything. Mm -hmm. and, and, there, and don't get me wrong, there is fantastic leaders out there and there is fantastic managers out there and there are fantastic working teams that really created their, their healthy work environment together as a team. There is, because I personally worked in a few of them, yeah? But the um, majority is, is a lot of times people not even being from the industry. 
you know, managers that are not even from the industry and they're trying to teach you now something about the industry where you just think to yourself, wait, wait a minute, like I have a bachelor's, I have a master's, like I'm doing this since I'm 14. I've worked in seven different countries. I like, I think I know what you're saying right now makes no sense to me. Absolutely no sense, you know, but you can't say anything because they're your manager, you know, or they're your whoever, your, your owner, owner of the place. And that's, that's sometimes difficult, you know? And so I really want people to be aware of it's fantastic when people want to cross train into other, other workforces. That's great. But just please remember that it's not just, oh, I'm owning a hotel or I'm owning a restaurant and that's all what needs to happen because I have all this money and I can invest in, in, in hotels and I can invest in restaurants and it's great. But there's so much more to that, you know, because how would you as this person even know who to hire for, to, to have a successful team? If you're not from the industry, how, how do you know how, who to hire? How do, how do you know what right questions to ask a sommelier that you need on your team or what, what questions you need to ask a general manager that you're looking to run your hotel or your restaurant? What questions do you know how to ask if you're not from the industry? You know, <clears throat> so it's, it's imperative that you pair maybe yourself with somebody from the industry that kind of guides you or just helps you out to understand the imperativeness of what is really working and what is really not working and what do you really need in a successful restaurant or in a successful hotel that stuff will really work out you know one thing i mean one thing i'm really intrigued to find out about is how did you like how did you so you had a base of like your parents sort of sort of introducing you to it in a way how did you just suddenly go from Germany, like building up your passion for it, your business, and then like heading over to LA? Like how did that work? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, so I always loved traveling and I always was intrigued by using my job, which was at that time either working in a hotel or working at a restaurant, using my job as a jumping board to go and see the world. So whenever I would go and travel, I would always have a job opportunity and a job offer already set up for me in that specific country and that specific city. And I would just use that to just explore the city or the country and gain more experience and, you know, pump up my resume. So every time when I would jump from place to place, it would be always a higher position or the same position that I already worked in, but with a bigger team, for instance, or something like that. And <clears throat> I don't know, it, it just started for me because I, I loved, I like traveling, like I loved traveling already from the beginning. And I loved always being in the profession that I was in. I liked that, you know, fast paced and a little bit hectic and everybody's like loudly talking to each other and the kitchen is yelling to the front of the house and people are going nuts in the rush hour of service. And that always was so intriguing to me. And I just, I guess I just used it for my advantage to be very honest with you. And sometimes in, in my interviews that I would, you know, have or whatever, people would ask me, well, you know, when they look at my resume, they would say, well, why, why are you not keeping a job? Like, is it hard for you to keep a job? Like we see you bounce a lot, you know, like every six to a, every six months to a year, you leave one place and you go to another. 
like, are you not capable of keeping one job? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally capable of keeping a job. I just don't want to, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I mean, I want to travel. This is, this is, this is the purpose I made for me. Like I was blessed enough to find a profession that allows me to travel but still stay in my profession and still gain experience and work myself up the ladder. And people sometimes saw that as negative and some people saw it as inspiring and it's just a nice mix. But that's basically how I got to LA. You know, I mean, fundamentally, that's how I really got here. I was prior to that, I was in Florida. Prior to that, I was in Canada. Prior to that, I was in Hungary. Prior to, I mean, I was kind of like all over the place. Switzerland and Germany and you know I mean so but yeah that kind of helped and then of course you know at one point I met my husband and then he's from here so that was really like the the main reason why I chose okay well LA might be a nice city <laughs> but um but my job definitely um you know I mean it started with with my profession right I mean it started with my profession that I choose to go to Florida or that I had a job offer in Florida and that's how basically everything here in America started for me. And now it's home. Now it's your, it's, it's, is it now it's my home is? base. <laughs> yes. Now it's my home base. And, and I absolutely love it. Not that I would not think about living anywhere else because I'm still very open to live somewhere else. I don't think that spirit will ever leave me. Like I, I'm really easy to pack up and be like, okay, I'm done with this. Let's go somewhere else. I'm fine. Like I don't, I don't know. I just, I just love the exploring too much. Yeah. So how do you balance with all, all these different languages? Like how do you not forget it? And like, what if you don't know the language? I mean, what if it's, if you, do you just do sign language? Or how does it work? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I grew up speaking three languages. My dad was Hungarian. My mom was Serbian. So therefore I already grew up speaking two different languages from home and then German I learned obviously because I was born and raised in Germany and when you grow up like that there's no way that you will ever ever forget anything because it's embedded in you you know and I mean I do have still my family that speaks Serbian I still have other parts of my family that speak only Hungarian um, Germany I mean I have a bunch of really 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 good friends that I'm still in contact with from Germany Berlin and I only speak German, for instance, to my own child, too. You know, my son and I, we only, we only speak in German. So that's already how I won't forget because I keep it up. And then when I work with teams that don't speak any of those three languages, English is most of the, most of the time the language that anybody will speak. <laughs> I mean, English is just so worldwide and so far, I really never came across a team that never spoke in any English or it was difficult to communicate. That really never happened to me at all prior. The way things are going at the moment, though, China might be another, might be the next language that's all over the place. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yes, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. uh, it, I've seen the language. It looks like it's challenging. You know, I, I, I feel guilty being in England. Most of us just know English. And when I go across to all these other nations, so many people know two, three different languages. They're like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. But Europe is very known for, you know, people um, learning already two different languages just in their um, between elementary and high school. 
you already learn two two languages regardless of what that's just part of school mm. mm-hmm. it's also sort of the big thing that's happening in china they make english a big thing over there and they're really pushing forward whilst i think some mm-hmm. i mean in america they put spanish quite a lot don't they Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spanish and but there's also a lot of Mandarin here, for sure. Spanish, Mandarin, I hear a lot. French, depending where you are in America, I guess. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, you said a lot of great things. I mean, people should definitely pay attention to and like. It, yeah, I, what you said that sometimes. Uh, yeah, I think with owners, they just think about the bottom end but I don't think about the longer end. But if you're providing a great service and a great experience for the, for the audience, or if you right. provide a great experience for the staff, as you said, they'll right. put that extra mile in, thus providing a better experience to the audience, and then you make more money. Of course, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come automatically to you. Money will always come automatically to you. If you, <clears throat> if you are doing a business... Or if you are doing something with purpose and it's good purpose from your heart, money will come to you regardless. But a lot of people don't, like a lot of people have the tendency of needing to have it right then and right now. And they're stressing about the fact that I need to make this and this much money this month. Like I have to hit this in this goal, which is great to be goal oriented, but it's going to be okay. Just focus on what you have internally and that's your staff that's your team you know that's the people that work for you or that's the people that surround you your like you said your audience your customers your guests your you know the people that choose to come in your establishment because there's so many restaurants there's so many hotels there's so many comedy clubs there's so many whatever whatever of everything and if people choose to come in your establishment you have to acknowledge that and you have to be appreciative of that because people always have a choice. And if people experience something negative at your establishment, they will tell not one person, but statistically speaking, they will tell seven people the negative experience. Seven. Uh, seven. Whoa. You know, and so then it's, what do you do with that? What do you do with that impact? Now, seven stranger people heard a negative comment about your company. What do you do now? You can't reach those seven people (laughs) because it's word of mouth, right? So all you can do is really make sure that whenever you're ready to open up your doors, whenever you have already your doors open, just really look at your concept. You know, look at how your staff is is feeling as acting by body language when they're coming and work for you there you can tell so much by body language already you know people can say they can smile and say i'm fine everything is great but really internally they're dying like internally they don't like to be there at all they just actually hate it hate to be there but they have to be there because they have to make their money <laughs> you know But so you can tell a lot from body language already. And if you're just a little bit more intuitive and a little bit more attentive towards your staff and towards your guests, you will come a, you'll come a far way. That's at least my philosophy of life. You know, it's, it's great. Like I said, I'm, I'm all for making money and I teach your staff how to make money for themselves and fundamentally for you. That's my specialty. 
but it's also about humanity. You know, it's also about being still. We all are people. Just because you have a higher position or just because you have more money or just because you own the restaurant does not mean that you own me as a waiter working for you. I still deserve respect. I still deserve a nice thank you. I still deserve a welcome or, you know, like those little thank you and please and you're welcome. Those are all small wor words that have such a huge impact on people. And how do you um, deal with the times where you get frustrated or annoyed? Because, I mean, like with anything, mm -hmm. even if you love something, there's sure. obviously bits of it that you absolutely hate. And how do you manage to... Um, are, are, are there times where you lose that energy and passion? Um, you, For me personally, I never lost the passion for how I'm executing my job. What happened is I lost the motivation to work for the person harder. Uh, That's really what I would lose. You know, it's, it's really like the whole, okay, like I just brought you in this and this much money. When I used to be a waitress, I would, you know, bring in this and this much revenue and I wouldn't even get a thank you. I wouldn't even get, it, it would be just, oh, that's normal. No, it's not normal because I'm the only person that does this for you. <laughs> I can at least get a thank you, <laughs> you know, or something. And then at one point I would lose the drive to really go all out there for my owner in a sense and really go the extra mile for my owner. I would always continue doing that for my guests. You see, if my guests would ask me for my guests, nothing changed. I would always go the extra mile for them. But when I knew it would help my owner or my manager, I, I would stop doing that. And then eventually I would leave the place because it's, it's demotivating, not being acknowledged as, as a person in the team that really knows what they're doing. Like if you have a jewel like that in your team, you got to nourish that jewel. And I'm not saying treat that person better than anybody else. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying acknowledge that. Yes, acknowledge the person in front of the whole team. Yes, openly and honestly say, hey, did you see Marvin today? If you have any questions, please get with Marvin. Let Marvin, or I would ask you, Marvin, can you please show us how you just sold this bottle of, I don't know, this and this bottle, but all or whatever. How did you sell that at the guest? How did you sell that at the table? Can you please demonstrate that for us? So I'm putting you a little bit on the spot, which might be uncomfortable, but I'm also showing my respect to you that I acknowledged the, the impact that you had on my revenue, right? And so a good working team likes to have somebody in their team that they can hold on to or that they can, you know, grab their hand and be like, hey, Marvin, can you show me that again? How does that work? And there's no animosity and there's no jealousy and there's no any of that. You know, there's enough money for everybody to, to be made. There's no need to be jealous. There's no need to be greedy. There's, there's no need for any of that. There's enough for everybody to come around. Uh, it's just really the key of finding the right people and mixing them together and then creating a beautiful team that has the same mindset as hopefully the owner or your leader. Now, you made a good point there about finding the right people. And I've got sort of mm -hmm. three questions that I'd like to add on that. So sure. 
with you, you guys as a company, what is your, how do you make sure that you create a fantastic experience for the people that are working there, but also the audience, like the customers? And how do you guide owners that are maybe a bit set in their ways uh, to your way of thinking so they can offer a good product to their customers? Right. I mean, fundamentally, it always comes back on on your revenue and on your reviews, right? Like if you know that your revenue isn't where it needs to be, then hopefully you are aware that something needs to change. And if you have bad reviews about your place, about your establishment, then you also hopefully are aware that there's people out there that really did not agree with how your service are trained or how you go about business or how you deal with complaints or whatever. And for me personally, what's very, very, very important is to create a mindset from the beginning. So what is it that we want to accomplish? What is your main goal? Like I always like to know the main outcome of whatever where it is that before me and you start working together, I like to know what is your main goal? What do you see after me and you are done working together? What, what would you like to happen? Or what, what change would you like to, to accomplish? And then I kind of feed on that, you know? Most of the time people tell me, oh, I would like to have more revenue. I would like my staff to listen to me better. I would like to create a better work cycle. Or I like to help my staff to be better salespeople on the floor or, you know, and so, um, or I, I don't have the right staff. I need to find good staff or I, I want to revamp my whole entire establishment or I want to, I just want you to come in and check my team out incognito and tell me how they're doing. It, it really depends on everybody's individual needs, but yeah, coming back to your question, if somebody is set in their own ways, which happens a lot because you got to remember they have doing they have been doing that since so long right they have been having this establishment or owning that restaurant or owning that hotel since so many years it got passed down from from my grandfather down to my dad now down to me blah 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 blah, blah. and they've been doing maybe one specific things for generations like that right and in some cases it works and in other cases it don't it doesn't work and most of the time how you can get them to get a reality check is to just be honest is really to be just honest to them and tell them hey look this is really what is going on i'm not quite sure if you are aware if you're not aware of that but this is what i see they of course they have the choice to believe you or don't but if if people call me and my company to come in most of the times they are ready for something to change like they're in the need of something. They're in the need of more revenue. They're in the need of better staff. They're in the need of a revamp. They're in the need of something. And so most of the time they are, they are willing to, to listen what I have to say or to listen to the suggestions I, I'm giving. And I'm not trying to change your dream. I'm not trying to change your, <laughs> your concept that you created, you know, with your heart and with your sweat and tears and money and I'm, I'm not I'm not here to change that I'm just here to improve it I just want to improve it let me show you how I think we can improve the core that you created and how we can all make a little bit more money with it okay and what have been um, can I just say uh, you've got an image in my head of Gordon Ramsay where he goes into restaurants and he fixes mm -hmm. them up that's what you mm -hmm. put in my head 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, I like I, I I'd be honored to meet Gordon Ramsay. He was always such an idol to me. To be very honest with you, um, I think he's absolutely fantastic. Um, his his knowledge, his experience, his career. He's he's somebody I would really, really, really look up to. If I would have the privilege of working with him or his team together, I'd be I'd be flattered. I'd be oh my god, over the top of the moon. So just to say that. <laughs> But um, yes, I, 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 like to, I like to be compared to somebody like that because, you see, my, my passion is to come in and fix and help and move on to something new, you know, to a different thing. Like, I, I, I like to combine my two loves, which is traveling and using my knowledge to make things better. And if if i can accomplish that for anybody and at that and you know it really doesn't matter if you a big hotel with 500 staff or if you a small restaurant with five five people staff it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter because whoever thinks that they want to improve and they don't know where to start or they need help i'm here to help you know especially now with this whole covid i'm people can call me if they have questions if they don't know where to start what to do how to go about something, call me, go on my website, you know, just, just log yourself in for a call. I'll call you back. It's no problem. Like, I feel like in this time right now, we all have to share. It's, it's like, it's almost like a duty. We have to share knowledge where we can help each other out because it's, everybody is affected by this whole COVID. Everybody. And if we can help each other out, you know, by a phone conversation or if, Somebody can just call me and let off steam or just ask me, what would you do if it would be your restaurant? And I can help with that suggestion. I'm happy to help. You know, this, this isn't really the time of, oh my God, we got to make a bunch of money and every person that calls me has to be converted into a client. And no, I mean, is it the goal? Yeah, it'd be great. But if not, it's fine. It's not the main goal that I'm after. I'm, I'm after putting myself and my company out there and wanting to achieve something amazing in the world of hospitality. I just want to be a part of that beautiful world, you know? And what would you say are the keys for providing a great experience for customers in hospitality? How do you like prepare beforehand? How do you do it during? And how do you make a great experience after? So I think um, when it comes to training, uh, when it comes to training, a team it's it's very very important to make them understand that you are a servant to people right like i mean you choose this profession because you choose to serve people right and a lot of people when they get that concept they understand that they can change that guest's life or they that guest's mood in that moment if you have like this fine-tuned thing of I know how to handle a really upset guest and how to act with my body language, what to say at the right time, how to, you know, how to give my service. You can turn that person into being all of a sudden from really grumpy to okay. And when they leave, maybe even happy, right? But you have to have that fine-tuned knowledge of how to handle, how to go about it. And that's, what I'm that's what I'm helping you to see that's what I'm helping you to to get to train you know and how do you go about it is 
I mean, your guests are your number one priority, first of all. First of all, right? Your guest is your number one priority. Regardless of what the guest is needing or looking for or wanting to have, you got to find a way to make it happen. You got to find a way. I don't like, I don't know answers. I don't like, I don't have it. I don't like, no. I don't like all of that because we can make it happen somehow. And if you don't know the answer at that point, just say, I'm sorry, I'm not able to answer it right now, but, you, but I will find an answer for you. And go and talk to your manager. Go talk to your teammates. Go find the answer, you know? But that's how you're going to be different in your establishment. If the guest really feels that they matter, right? That they matter. So when they enter the establishment, how great would it be? Just imagine you're making a reservation at the hotel or at the restaurant and you get there. And the person that pulls up your reservation tells your name, Marvin, whatever your last name is, welcome, right? And so they're bringing you now to the table and now your waiter approaches you and says, hello, Mr. whatever your last name is. Hello, Mr. Marvin. How fantastic is that? Wouldn't you feel so, oh my God, how did they know my name all of a sudden? Like, wouldn't you feel so flattered that a stranger person that you never saw in your life all of a sudden knows your name and greets you with your own name? But really what is behind that is just a good working environment. It's just working together and training your team on how to properly communicate things to each other. Because if the host then that took your reservation already goes to the waiter that will serve the table where you're going to be seated, tells the waiter, those are your guests for tonight. Those are the names. This and this person has an anniversary. This and this person has a birthday, whatever, whatever. And then the waiter is already prepared forehand. And he knows who comes in a section, what time. He can address everybody with name. But you see, it's so simple, but nobody really does it. But why not? Isn't that fantastic? When we all go places and we're being acknowledged like that as people and as guests and being in a sense, appreciated that we're choosing to be in this establishment today instead of another, it'd be great, right? But so this is where we need people that take it up on training, teaching this to their staff, you know, people that convince the owners, no, you need this. <laughs> you need this training for your staff, you know? And uh, yeah. Now, I can see that you've had quite a journey during your sort of into finding your passion. And sure. one of the things that I'm intrigued to find out about what have been the incidents that have taught you most during this to get to the level you're at now? And what have been some moments where you've been, what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. So I feel like my letdowns taught me the most. Really, my, my disappointments, my letdowns, my when I didn't get a job that I really wanted, when, I don't know, when I had to leave a place because of, you know, certain reasons or when I got let go of a place, for instance, or, yeah, letdowns, letdowns in Germany. And then the second question is, I mean, I had a very, very, very difficult journey when I came to America. Um, because I came here on a working visa, J1, back in the days. And I think I had over six different working visas in this country. And at, you know, times in between, it, it was really like, what the hell? Like, I don't understand. 
you know, I got to pay how much for the lawyer? I got to do what again? I, you know, I mean, when I used to live in Hollywood, I, 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 I didn't even had, I didn't even had a car. I biked everywhere with my bicycle, <laughs> you know, like for two years, I didn't own a car because I was so busy paying lawyers for these visas and so busy trying to find job sponsors, just staying in this country that, um, that, yeah, at times I was like, I, I, I just like, God, do you really want me to be here? Like, I mean, can you do something? I don't understand what's happening, you know? But, um, but now looking back on it, I know, or I think I know why everything happened, you know, and I see in everything such beautiful reason, even though in that time it, it sucked to go through that, you know, it really, really, really did suck. But now it was such a great lesson, you know, it was so, so helpful for me to grow as a person and as an individual and just help grow my idea about my own business and, you know, and rework everything and go back and do it again and go back and do it again. And then, you know, like, I mean, my business plan was like 10 times on paper before I actually went with it, you know? So, I mean, it, it was a journey for sure, you know? And one of the things that, I've, that must be quite intriguing for you is that when you work, when you're, when you're working on events or working with people or when you meet people that you're really in awe of, like you said with Gordon Ramsay mm -hmm. and how do you not how do you deal with people that you're in awe of without but do the job well and not be too affected by them right um I mean I learned that very early on because I I worked for very 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 big name hotels and very big name restaurants and we would have celebrity guests all the time there so I'm kind of used to working with celebrities or for celebrities like that. It's nothing really new to me. And I had really good mentorship and really good training myself on how to act around people like that. Because again, also those people are only people, right? And even those really famous people need a break. And the last thing they really need is for somebody to be all gazing at them and, oh, can I have an autograph? And can I just have a picture? And they're there to relax and they're there to have a fantastic evening with their spouse or with themselves or with their friend or what, whatever. And they have to be allowed to feel the safetyness of the environment you are a part of right? And if you work in a good trained environment, you will know that you have to offer that to those type of really high VIP guests. Like you, you are a part of a safe environment where people like that can come in and just relax and have a great evening. And don't worry about paparazzi. Don't worry about pictures. Don't worry about questions. Don't worry about autographs, but they can just have a beautiful bottle of wine a beautiful three-course meal or four-course meal and just hang out, right? So I learned how to acknowledge who they are but let the excitement not come out. And then later, most of the time, what would happen to me is because I provided such great service, they would allow me. They would come to me and ask me, would you like a picture? Would you like an autogram? Yes, sure. Thank you so much for asking me, you know? And, 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 you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes, of course, it didn't happen. And it's not the goal. It's not the goal for them to, for that to happen. The goal is for you to provide 
the safety and this fantastic service that they feel so relaxed in. And if really a high-class celebrity like that comes to you as you're as just a waiter and tells you or offers you an autograph, you know you did something right, you know? So, so yeah, I mean, it's, of course, the first moment when you see a person like that, you look, oh, my God, that's such and such. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, but then you, you go in the back office, you, you let it out for a second, right? And then you come back in and you do your job, you know? You, you do your thing while you, while you, in a sense, they're what you, what you hire to do. You, you go about your professional job and you execute your job. And do you, do you find with the hospitality experience, you know, with, with each country and even sort of each state in America being so different in terms mm -hmm. of the way they operate, do you, how do you sort of adjust your service or thoughts based on that? Um, it's all the time really about the needs and the wants and the ideas about the, the client I'm working with. So really, to me, it doesn't matter, you know, it, to me, it doesn't matter because I'm very adaptable. I'm really all about what is it that you're trying to accomplish? How can I help you? What do you want changed? What would you like to achieve? And then we work on that. And it really doesn't matter if you or that country or that culture eats for breakfast a big bowl of cereal or they eat for breakfast, you know, a big steak and potato. I, I don't care. You know, it, it, that really has nothing to do with why I'm, I'm there. I'm very adaptable and I'm very, what, what, whatever it is that they need, I will customize my work around them to make it, make it work for them. Because I'm also in the serving industry. You see, I never left my, that, that attitude never left me. I still know today I'm a servant to my clients because I am. I chose this profession. I know when I'm working with clients that I am serving them with certain information, with certain ideas, with certain things that we're trying to put in reality, right? So I still understand that fact. I mean, you know, they, they basically pay my bread and butter. So it's nothing different other than being a waiter. It's just a different profession that I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm helping to make your company run smooth and a waiter helps your evening to go smooth. But it's the same thing, really, you know? What, what has been your sort of proudest moment with all this? Just not getting off the ground. Just really not being able to get off the ground. And, you know, when I started my own company, not very too long ago, it's almost now, I'll say, four years ago or three and a half years ago, um, maybe a year into it after I established my website and I established really my, my business plan on paper and how I want to go about stuff, my mom passed away and then everything just was so extremely difficult, you know, because I literally just dropped everything and I flew back to Germany and I handled so much stuff and I literally had to go to a self-transformational process to come back to where I am today and who I am today. And then I had to start all over. I, I chose to start all over I, the website that I created, the business cards I created, the business plan, I threw it all out and I started all over again, <laughs> you know, um, with, with new ideas, with fresh ideas after the grief and after just being broken so bad that I came back with, I don't know, 
ideas and and strengths and 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 attitudes and and just ways that I've never experienced before internally, you know. And then I took all of that and I put it basically into what it is today. And that was hard. I think that was the hardest time for me to really acknowledge that whatever I worked for so hard all these years prior, because mind you, what I'm doing right now on my own thing with my own thing with my own company, I've been doing this for people that I worked with my entire career, right? But now I decided to do exactly that with my own label on. And so, you know, when, when I saw all of that go away and I, my website and everything I created up till that point and my mom and oh my god that that was like the hardest time of my life to be honest with you that that was very difficult but today it's I don't know today I feel refreshed I feel reborn in a sense I feel rejuvenated I have this new whatever this is inside of me and I love it a lot and I, yeah, I came back with greater ideas than prior. I, I incorporated stuff in my concept and on my website that I never thought of prior. And I'm like, why? I've never thought of that. I don't understand, you know? And uh, and now when I look at my stuff, my accomplishments, I'm, I'm so proud. You know, I'm like, I, I really like this. And I really hope that people see it that way too. And I really hope that people can just hear and and feel the excitement that I have for the world of hospitality and hopefully we can all together accomplish something so much more bigger and amazing and you know it's a it's a great i mean it gives a lot of lot to a lot of people hospitality but it's, it's definitely probably an industry that is often not as appreciated as it could be would you say mm-hmm. yeah because hospitality transfers in so many aspects of life you know it's it could be also just a candle shop you know, it's, it's, it's customer service in general. Like the big, huge umbrella, even with hospitality, is customer service. How do we treat customers? How do we treat guests? How do we, you know, and how does that translate in your own personal life? You know, when you have company, when you go somebody, somewhere for a company, how do you act? You know, do you just throw their stuff away and like, you know, smash the doors? Or are you very cautious of that? Are you acting in somebody else's home like you act in your own home? You know, are you treating your company the same way you treat yourself when nobody's there? You see, so it translates in so many things. Hospitality is just everything in life. It, it can be compared to everything in life. You know, being attentive, being, being friendly, being punctual, being helpful, going the extra mile, you know, doing a little bit extra than you have to, right? That's all hospitality. That, that's all effort that is given from internal not because it has to be and when that's happening trust me your tips will flow because people feel that you know people feel the genuine friendliness that comes out of you people feel that and when you really do this because you really want to even though you have to, okay? And even though it might be just a jumping board for some people, but you're really doing this because you appreciate people and you appreciate the space that you are in at the time in your life, trust me, your tips will flow. <laughs> the more grateful you are, and that's for everything in life, right? The more grateful you are with the position that you are in, even though it's the worst position that you possibly could be in, but you're still grateful 
Because trust me, in every horrible position that anybody was or is going to be in, there's always something that has to be learned out of it. And if you will not learn, if you don't acknowledge the lesson, it will come around again. <laughs> you know, I'm a perfect example for that. A lot of times at the beginning of my career, you know, in my early teen years, I was like, I don't know why I'm still again in this position. Why? Again? Why? You know, until I really got like, okay, there's something that I need to learn here. There's something I need to do differently than I'd done it before. And for me, it took 10, 12 rounds sometimes, you know, with one example. But then eventually I got it. <laughs> but you felt more valuable as a result because it was a struggle, because you've gone through a journey of ups and downs and it's been like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. You've enjoyed it more and you felt like you've gained more from it. Whilst if it was an easy path, if things went just well all the time, maybe it wouldn't be as, as much fun. Yeah, I, I mean, um, so it would have been definitely not as impactful on me, for sure. But believe me, sometimes I would have not hated on things being a little bit more faster, a little bit more easier. I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. That can come right now, please. Thank you. <laughs> you know, like, I would not hated that. But again, like, the, the more I understood that I'm not in charge of any of those things, but, you know, it, the, the more I understood that and I let go of the control of really wanting it right now or having to go about it to achieve it right now in that moment, the more I let go of that attitude, the more things started to flow naturally and they just came. And all of a sudden it was like, ooh, the website looks even better. Ooh, this client just called me. Ooh, this is a great idea. Ah, oh, this opportunity just popped up. Ooh, this opportunity just popped up. Oh my God, da -da 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 -da, you know? And so the more I learned to really allow whatever is meant to be to come to me and gain this attitude of whatever is supposed to come to me will come to me and just let it be and just have that mindset. Whatever is meant to be to come to me will come to me and move on. Go about your day. Have a cup of coffee. Go for a run. Paint a picture. Go watch a TV show. Meet a friend. Whatever. But don't dwell on it anymore. You know, don't sit there and be like, oh my God, I don't know what this kind, what's going to happen and when is it going to happen and how is it going to happen and can we even and blah, blah, blah and da, da, da. No, you have something, you have a dream, you have a vision, put it out there, write it on a piece of paper, let it go. Go about your day. Don't worry about it no more. Yeah. That is you know? amazing. That is amazing. Uh, can I, I want to ask you a question. Oh, well, I've sure. just been asking questions here. <laughs> <laughs> just ask one more. Because <laughs> there's, a, there's a thought that I've had, and there's something that I've come across called the reverse law, or like uh -huh. the law of reverse effort. And it's not like you don't work hard to get it, but, but I see a lot of people, like they do vision boards, law of attraction, they go for the goal, sure. work really hard. But some sure. you should work hard, and definitely, yeah. and you should go after your goals. But one thing that I've also found quite interesting is this, this idea that I've come across recently, the law of reverse effort, where, and I hear it quite often, like, you, you hear, like people say with love or whatever, if you go around chasing love, you don't find it, whilst if you get on with your life and go mm -hmm. about doing things, you find love. Mm -hmm. And that's, or like, 
Well, when, when someone's trying to impress someone too much, it often goes the other way. Whilst they just get on with their life, that's quite impressive to the person already. Right. And yeah, I find that sort of concept quite interesting. What do you think, um, and would you say that's what you do? You have a goal in mind, but do you feel that if you if you put too much pressure on yourself to try and get the goal, or like if you try and if you just work hard but just get on with things and don't worry about things, that's the best way to go about doing things. Effectively, your message. I mean, fundamentally, yes, but I mean, I'm also all for needing to put the effort in, right? So, I mean, it's it's not just that I created a business plan and then I just let the plan sit there and don't touch the plan ever again and don't do anything. No, I took the plan. I took the necessary steps. I went to people. I, you know, put myself out there. I went to mixers. I did my research. I did my homework. I did everything that I could do in my, as my homework, right? That I could possibly do, but I didn't, take it mentally further like I did physically what I needed and could do about it but mentally I stayed with this is my goal this is my dream this is what I have in my heart I believe it would placed in my heart from God because that's just my own personal belief but some people have other beliefs higher power or whatever whatever they believe in it doesn't matter and uh you know um and that's just what it is. It's there for a reason. And it's if it's meant to be for me to go this way, how I imagine it, how I put it on my vision board, how I put it on my piece of paper, it will happen. But if it's not, I'm also okay with that. You see, so I, I didn't really just go about the fact that whatever I put on my vision board, whatever I put on my piece of paper, whatever I put in my heart and my mind, that's the only thing. No, that's my dream. That's my vision. But I am... I am completely complying to whatever God's will is for me. So if, if, if this is not what his will is for me, I'm okay with that too. But, you know, I'd be like, hey, God, this, this is kind of what I want. If you're cool with that, can you please make that happen? But if you're not cool, I'm cool too. That's like, you see what I'm saying? It's fundamentally, it's not my choice. It's my, it's my duty to go about my dream and to do everything that I can to make it happen right? Put myself out there, create a beautiful business site, create good, you know, business cards, have a good concept, talk to people, invite them in, share, share my ideas with them. And, 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 and then just, but if, if I don't have clients forever, then maybe God is telling me like, look, great idea, but this isn't what I want you to do in life. And then I, he shows me or I'll figure out what else it was. Doesn't make sense. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not, so focused on my own dream that nothing else could ever matter. I'm still open to whatever comes in my life that I will engage with. But yeah, I have my own dream in, in my heart. I have my own vision. And I think that's great if people have that because that's really how things will follow you. When you have these good ideas, when you have these good intentions, when you have this, this vision or whatever, the doors will be opening to you, you know? Even if it's just maybe somebody entering your life and telling you something that you needed to hear to maybe not even make that your vision anymore, even though you thought that's your vision your entire life. You see, but if you would have not been open to that, you would have never known. You would have been so, you know, so just straightforward thinking and no left and no right and no up and it's just one way thinking and you would have missed opportunities. You would have missed people entering your life, trying to teach you, trying to show you, trying to present something to you. So, so I think it's always very good to, 
maintain open, right? Maintain an open attitude, maintain an open heart. But yeah, if you have a dream, please go about it. Put it on a piece of paper, put it in a vision board, write it in your journal, you know, talk to whoever you believe in most about it and and just just try and make it happen. Go go and try it out. I mean, you you won't lose anything, but you will regret if you maybe never tried. Yeah. Right? So just just go do it. Just go do it anyway. <laughs> even if you're scared. You know, even if you crap in your pants, even though you're like, oh my God, can this <laughs> ever happen? Go do it anyway. Go do it anyway, you know? Exactly. Like mm-hmm. Nike and Michael Jordan. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And which, which, which are you, a Lakers fan or a Clippers? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a fan of great basketball in general. Like, I'm really, really, really fan of, of great basketball um, in general. I don't really have a team. I don't really have a favorite player. Uh, I think there's so many players, just like there's so many artists out there that are fantastic and so inspiring. Um, but I don't really have a favorite basketball player that I would say, oh my God, his moves or their moves or whatever. I think there's so many amazing talent out there that it's it's hard to be like only focusing on one person. I don't know. I kind of like everything that is cool. And <laughs> <laughs> um- yeah, there's so many. <laughs> and how, how how has it been like with the pandemic and everything? Because as you said before, be open to things. And like, mm-hmm. you know, if people were very fixed in their goals before on getting things. Like the pandemic, I think, has blown a lot of people's vision boards out the bloody window. <laughs> sure. Yes and no. I mean, some yes and some no. You know, the pandemic really, I feel like in general, was um, a time for everyone really to look internal because really what else could have we done in that time when everything was closed, when we couldn't go anywhere, when we couldn't do anything, what else can you do other than please look internal and focus on you and ask yourself, is this life that you have been living so far, is this really what you wanted to do? Or what about that dream? What about becoming a barber, opening your own store? becoming a waiter, becoming a manager, working in a bank, getting this degree that you always wanted. What about that? Is that still in there? Do you still maybe want to focus on that? If yes, go focus on it. Go figure it out. Or maybe the job that you're doing. Is that really what you want to continue doing for the rest of your life? You know? And I feel like it was for everybody some sort of transformation. I don't know any person in my personal circle that has not asked really valued questions like that themselves, that something came up in their life where they're like, man, this, I can't do this anymore, or I want to do this now. It's either I can't do this no more, or I want to do this now. It's, it's one of the other, you know, and yeah, that's really where my own stuff happened too a lot, you know? a lot of my own internal transformation happened in that too, because I, I had to ask myself the same questions, you know, in other areas of my life, you know, it's not just about my business. It's, it's in other areas of my life too, you know, where I use this pandemic of really doing internal work, you know, bothering with myself, just being with myself, understanding that it's cool to be just with you. 
Like, that's great. It's you and yourself. And that's awesome. You know, <laughs> like it's, it, it's cool to love your own company. It's, it's great to enjoy being just with you and your own thoughts and you're not rattled about the thoughts and you're not, you know, disturbed or anything. You're just mellowed. You're just balanced. You, you cool. Like it's, everything is cool kind of, you know? So I use that time a lot for, you know, meditating and praying and journaling and taking long walks, you know, and just hanging out on my porch, you know, painting, working on my concept, you know? So it was a lot of internal stuff for me. And I think a lot of people really went through that. Business owners that wanted a transformation, um, investors that really wanted to start to invest finally in their dream or give up in something that they had invested in for so long you know, individual people that wanted to break out of relationships, got divorced, got separated, or finally got together with the person they're so long trying to pursue, you know, got pregnant finally, or, I mean, you know, adopted finally. You know, so much, so much transformation had happened, you know, and yeah, it, it was in a sense sad to see, but also so beautiful, you know, because some flowers died. And some flowers just started to bloom. And it was kind of like a little bit bitter and sweet. Hmm. It's a bittersweet symphony. Da, da, da. You're right. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're singing because I can't sing. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, if I sing anymore, I'll probably break my screen. <laughs> <laughs> now, yes. How did you adapt? How have you adapted to it all? Like in terms of the work, though, like with restaurants and all hotels, is everything... How, I know like a poker, a man who runs uh, nomadic casinos, he's mm -hmm. done one to see his online games now since his events have been shut down. Yeah, I mean, you know, what I really did, I focused my time a lot um, and put myself out there to people, you know, on LinkedIn and on Instagram and on Facebook and on, on Pinterest. You know, I really just put myself out there to really just be a helpful source to people. You know, to just really like, wh where are you standing right now? How are you dealing with this? Like, what, what's going on with your staff? Like, what's, what's happening? Um, what are you in, a, in the middle of doing right now? You know, some, some restaurant owners were just in the middle of opening a restaurant. You know, they were just trying to get permits. They're just trying to get this permit, that permit, and then everything shut down. I mean, that's horrible, you know, or some people were in the middle of selling their business. Like, oh my God, you know, and everything is shut down. Nobody wants to buy now your business. You just had a deal and now it's no more deal, <laughs> you know? So, um, so I tried to just put my, myself and my company out there for just to be a helpful resource of however we can help answer questions or guide you through whatever you're going through. Let's just do that together, you know? And that's mainly what I did in all of this, not being able to go anywhere. And then I focused a lot on putting everything that I offer from face-to-face -face trainings to do all of that online, you know, just to offer all my packages um, online too, you know, so you can just basically click a button and get my packages and basically take a look at the videos and, and do all of that. Even though I still believe that, you know, doing that in person is the most, most beneficial thing for people to do. Like it's, it's, it's something else to train a staff in person instead of them having to watch a video, you know?
it's, it's just so much more impactful to be physically on a floor of restaurant or of a hotel working with a team together. I mean, it just it has so much impact that I, I don't think I ever want to give that up, you know, even though I know all of this online and classes and click a button here and you're going to click a button there. And I, I get all of that, but I'm so old school when it comes to this that I don't think I will ever give up being in person in a restaurant training or, or teaching people. Like, I don't know, just love it too much. Hmm. Well, I mean, look, things will be better. I think, look, the virus is, we've got some vaccines coming up now and that's, that's great. And I think, you know, next year, I think things will start rebuilding, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Yes, for sure. You know, I'm, I'm even confident that this year something great will still happen. You know, even this year, something amazing will happen, you know, because people um, are being receptive to ideas, are being receptive to new ways of how to go about living life. And that's all we can do. You know, we, we all need to understand that sometimes things change and that's okay. You know, that, that, is, that is completely okay. We all should evolve and grow. And and sometimes growing pains are not fun. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so yeah, but um, in general, I'm I'm excited. You know, I'm I'm excited um, for people like you that that do these interviews with other people that are kind of like helpful to the community, helpful to the world, putting their own time there and just helping others out by helping yourself, and that's great. You know, this is what we all need. The world needs people like that. The world needs more people where it's like, I offer myself to help somebody else to accomplish something more amazing than what I am right now. And when we all do that for each other, something so fantastic will happen in my opinion, you know, because it's, it's not just about one person. It's not about one person's business or one person's goal. It's, it's everybody. We all have to be important. It's better for all if we all grow rather than just right. focusing yourself. But that is our society. But there are a lot of there's a, the thing with the pandemic. There's a lot of great people. I think. I mean, so many people have helped me. I've helped a lot of people during this as well. It's and right. that's it brings out the the thing about the pandemic. It brings the best and the worst out of people. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Now I hope you've had fun. Because I, I, I honestly say it's been a pleasure talking to you. Same. I thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure um, to to have done this finally with you. I'm so glad that we did it. And great questions and awesome, com like awesome conversation. It, it was just so much fun. What a great start in my day. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> yeah. Super, super, super nice. Um, yeah. The only thing I want to ask of you now is like, how can people find out about you and like get in contact? So they can find me on my own website, which is www.zdhospitality.com. And they can also um, help me grow my followers on Instagram because I literally only just started you guys. So please don't laugh at me. <laughs> um, and it's a ZD hospitality coaching on Instagram. Same thing on Facebook, ZD hospitality coaching. And all my info is really displayed uh, on my website. So there's, there's like a little form that you can fill out if you would like to have a free consultation about your personal status of wherever you stand in your business. 
just fill it out and we will get back to you. And I'm very international. We fly anywhere for our clients. Um, we, we're not just restricted of being in LA. We can come to you. And also we will stay with you for a little while. You know, we're not just going to give our trainings and seminars and bounce out again, but we will stick with you for a little. You know, we will be the type of team that stays around and actually implements the actual trained material with your team by physically being on your floor as a temporary manager. So that's kind of like part of the package that we will there, you know, implementing, showing your team physically how, what we just learned. Because I feel like that's the best way of going about it too. You know, it's one thing to just give somebody a piece of paper and let them watch a video, let them sit in a two-hour seminar and then just be like, okay, now you know, go do it. Instead of actually showing them how to go about it and showing them how to execute, especially if they've never done anything like that before. It's, you, you're not going to get it right from just looking at it one time. You're going to get it right from one, two, three times somebody showing it to you. So that's what makes us different. That's what makes CD Hospitality different. So I hope that, um, yeah, I, I can just help. That's really my main thing. I just want to help and teach people. Give love and support and, yeah, just help people, isn't it? Yes, that's really it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, best of luck with everything. And Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much, Marvin. This was an absolute pleasure. And, you know, everybody should have an interview like this. So I hope you're going to get so much more out of this. And this, this was fantastic. Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, let's see what happens. And I'm interested to see what you think of the episode when it's out. Yes, me too. <laughs> okay, sir. Take have care. a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye.